Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, Christmas tryhards. Hello, everybody. We've had a bit of a break. We've I know, you. and ironically, it's not because we've been hungover, because we actually were adults and professional and behaved ourselves in Dubai for a change. Yeah, it was a slightly different vibe to when we were desperate to do a pod recording in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, you know what? It would have been brilliant to do a pod recording, but I actually, I, I can't believe the amount of times that you you actually physically came to see me and I was too busy to talk to you. Um, I know. But yeah. You were very what a time. Busy. Time um, to be alive. What a time to be Full alive. stadiums, lots of people enjoying brilliant rugby um, and just so good to have Sevens back and be out with HSBC and doing all the cool stuff that I get to do with them and yeah good times it made me feel very old though I'm not going to lie because if you weren't at the sevens and aren't aware um disclosure played on the Friday evening and I asked our production coordinator at Sunset and Vine oh what did disclosure sing and she was like "Ah, they're DJs I was like right okay sorry um and then proceeded to call them diversity for the rest of the weekend because I still did not know who they were and they were like oh what time is Ashley Banjo on to do his head spins, LJ? I was like, <laughs> he could be for all I know. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't venture over there. Also, it made it did. I definitely felt old. I obviously wore a red polo for the whole time. So wasn't looking the most glamorous, not going to lie. I did try and doll it up with a bit of curls and hair. But um, I reckon I would have been a bit devastated because obviously, you know, rugby tournaments, rugby girls, you know, I was never the like six, like, six-pack queen of a wearing a really nice sports bar and shorts I fully wore a baggy vest and just wandered around yeah but this time was a unique time for the sevens because there were some unbelievably long legs and glamorous women and I was like wow she must be athletic for rugby no 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 it was a netball tournament that was there um so I think it went down quite well I saw a a lot of netballers I didn't see any netball being played so (laughs) I might just wear one of those dresses next year anyway uh I'll be goal attack you can be how weird um I was gonna say that is not the only example of us growing up um I am speaking to a CEO 
Um, all right, Mrs. Big Time, congratulations on the launch of the Women's Rugby Association yesterday. We have been very quiet about it on the podcast because we've had to, but I know that this has been a huge amount of work and undertaking this year for you. So please, first and foremost, run the listeners through what this means for the women's game. Oh, you know what? It's been amazing. You know, it's it has been an interesting 10 months, I think, really learning. And when when I was asked, oh, you know, we think that you would be you should be the CEO of this. I was like, chief entertainment officer, I can do that role. Um, and and I think, yeah, when you get a, when you get some amazing messages from your peer group, obviously from the plane when I was playing and them saying, oh, look, this is fantastic for the game. You know, can't wait to see what happens. And like, how are you the CEO with like lots of laugh faces? You kind of think, well, I feel like they will support me, but um, yeah, no, all good, all good vibes from yesterday. We're blown away. And in terms of what it's going to offer, it's something that has, has been needed for a significant amount of time. You know, I, I sat as a player rep with the Red Fern, uh, Red Fern, Red, Red Roses. That's a new team. Gosh, you can tell how tired I am at the moment. Um, yeah, no, the, the Red Roses and the, and went through that process around bringing in contracts. What do they look like? What was the expectation put on us? And I think everyone knows over the last few years, those expectations are being mirrored quite similarly to what the premiership is requiring from the players. And yeah, um, I'm just really proud of it because it's actually been an incredible piece of teamwork from myself and the other co-founders and the best bit about it and probably the most inspiring for me is the fact that the three other um, ladies that I've worked with, not only two of them rhyme with my name, Holly and Polly, but um, M's as well, all sit outside the women's game. And yeah. they, although have investment in rugby in various different ways, passionate about the sport and as a whole, they have all come at this as people that just think it needs change and it, and it needs the support. And they have thrown everything into it in terms of their experience, in terms of their passion, and also just looked at it with a really refreshing set of eyes and asked me questions and, I'm, and made me question, well, actually, why are we doing this as a sport? Um, and, and then that has now led to the fact that, and I'm sure I'm talking, talking to someone here on the, that completely gets the fact that women's rugby isn't men's rugby it doesn't have to be the same we can learn from everything that's happened in the men's game we can learn from stuff from all of the other sports that have progressed at a quicker rate than than women's rugby has and then produce our own package and support and kind of future um so yeah it's been a good good but pretty blurry eyed couple of uh, couple of days but um it's cool so in terms of the women's rugby association this isn't a club to be just be a member of it, it's not a flashy logo and flashy brand this is a trade union for players in the premier 15s but what does that mean for those players what are the aims and ambitions of an organization like this um so the most important thing for us at the moment is is educating the girls on that um because it hasn't been something available to them and they might not have actually had access to an association or trade union in their other employment um, and it's about providing an independent resource and support service to people on all aspects of their, their life as a, as a women's premiership player. Um, we've got uh, league, free legal advice, which I think is probably one of the most 
will be one of the most tapped in resources early early on to ask questions about contracts to to unpick the legal language and and that's not just going to be delivered on a one-to-one basis which we will be doing but it's also going to be around workshops around allowing the girls to educate themselves you know they're very bright women that are involved in the game and it's not about you know say wading in and saying you should be getting this and you should be getting that it's about providing them with the tools to make those decisions themselves and know exactly what they're signing um and and give them the guidance and the help to try and alleviate some of the stress that those contracts obviously naturally entail because you're not just signing a contract that is a full-time work contract with one employer you're going to have to integrate that into into potentially another employment contract which in itself is is an interesting dynamic um that's one component of lots of others um the other side is at the moment the women's game is growing at a rate and notch you know it is in a, a brilliant position the girls are doing their thing on the field to make sure it's from a performance perspective it's it's flying uh, but it has to all be growing at a sustainable rate. And what does the future look like? And, you know, at the moment, it, you know, we're Peter on, this isn't a sustainable version for the players. The RFU know that, the clubs know that. So it's just a matter of, right, how can we grow this? How can we develop it? And those conversations are happening, you know, they're happening a lot in a really proactive way. But at present, without a, a, a truly representative player voice, um, so that's something that we're looking to, to integrate really early um, into helping um, and having one of the key stakeholders in the room with the decisions. And, and then I think, you know, something that we always joke about on the pod in terms of my coaching, mentoring and, and kind of teacher background. One of the other really important parts of what we're going to do is around education and the fact that there are so many parts to growing and developing as a person that can be that can strengthen your rugby career but that your rugby career can strengthen as well and it's highlighting those it's looking at personal brand it's looking at you know potential work experience opportunities it's bringing in experts from all different industries to come in and speak to the mentor the girls and and I think that's the bit that I'm really excited about because I think that's where I can really get stuck into what I wish I'd had as a player, you know, when I'm now looking back at the grand old age of 36, I can say, oh my gosh, if that was told to me at 18 or that was told to me two years out from retirement, it would have made not just the biggest difference to where I am now, but actually to where I, to alleviate some of the stress that I was carrying because I wasn't sure and I, and I didn't have anywhere to turn. I think what's interesting for me as a non-player but someone who's involved in both elite women's rugby and the professional men's game is that I think when we look at women's contracts that have been introduced for players in England, Scotland over the past couple of years, and certainly for me looking at players in Wales who are getting contracts now and conversations that I've had is that we've almost kind of assumed that women's rugby is just matching men's rugby in 2021. So by giving a 20 year old female player a contract in the women's game, it's the same as giving one to a 20 year old male. But the reality is that we are in women's rugby where men's was in 95. There is no framework for what this means to be a professional athlete. And this is where for me, from the outside looking in, it looks like, the Women's Rugby Association has the ability to readdress the balance. It's not just about being a player. It's about all of the things that make up being a professional player. And that isn't just about what you do on the park. Um, it's interesting you say about that we're in the same position as the men in 95. Actually, I, I don't I actually don't believe we are because the club game 
isn't filling stadiums yet. You know, they're not household names that people know play for their country or play for their internationals. Um, you know, there is a significant proportion of players that, you know, do a, an amazing job week in, week out with Premiership, but don't have the brand um, or the final, you know, do you know what I mean? Or sponsorship yeah. or whatever it might be. So I think we are in a really unique position with the women's game because of that. Um, and, you know, this... The, the biggest question at the moment is what is professionalism? And I think I've always been a real realist and really, you know, when I look at what we offered at Hartbury College as a, as a package around the players, it was the it was all of the stuff that comes with being a professional that is key to have in place as a foundation. So that is, you know, top level physio and medical care that is strength and conditioning relevant to age experience position that that which folds into well, a prehab program that is individualized. It is also the, the nutrition that sits around different areas, different positions, a female over a male, you know, instead of just getting in a sponsor that is a nutrition company for the protein shakes yeah. or whatever it might be that the men have. Well, actually, we have a totally different makeup. What does that look like? What does the analysis look like available? What's the coaching standard? Like this, do you know what I mean? Like it's like all of that to me is that's the minimum standards around being professional and and money is a significant part of that and it want, we want to obviously get to a stage where everyone can be paid and they can work full time that being said it's an interesting if I look on a you know if I talk with, as Nolly uh ex player you know what I experienced during my career I often get asked, you know, it must have been incredible to be a professional rugby player. And you know what? It was great because I've spent a significant proportion of that time in rehab with my knee injury. But I actually also really struggled because I wasn't being mentally um, challenged enough. I, I've been used to working full time and, you know, and, and stimulated in a different way. And actually, a lot of the skills that I have now possess as a human came from the fact that I work full time and I have a real understanding of a dynamic within a workspace whether that's in education whether that's in a, a performance environment so I think that's it's that would be the aim but there are so many other components that are really key to making sure that the girls can perform believe that they can perform at their best and then at the same time perform their best as people and when they go out of the game and use the game as a springboard to say, look, this is who I was and this is what I did for so many years and, and I loved it. And now look what I'm doing. And I think that, you know, again, my personal experience, you know, education and coaching was what I did when I was a, a, an England player. Um, I'm not doing either of that. I'm doing a bit of coaching, but I'm not doing actually either of those as my career now. The stuff I did in rugby has allowed me to do my career that I'm doing at the moment. So it's kind of getting all of those bits together. Um, and, I think as well, though, yeah. it's interesting. Like I have had conversations with, obviously, one of the big articles that came off the back of Wales's contracts being announced was the value of them and them being £19,000 a year. And I've had con I've had conversations with Wales girls about the fact that, well, the onus is on you to monetize yourself outside of that. If you're a professional rugby player, you've got lots of commercial opportunities. That comes as very natural to me because I have worked with, for the past 15 years, male rugby players who are given free cars and are given sponsorship opportunities and things like that. Whereas the girls, when I say to them, well, the onus is on you now to make some money as a professional, their first question to me is how? Because there hasn't been any guidance and any education around all of those things, which are what make up being a professional rugby player. 
how much do you think this kind of thing is perhaps a bit of a kind of spotlight to commercial entities as well to say no the women's game is changing come and back us come and back professional sport yeah I think that there's a real piece on educating the girls about just how uh, much they do they do have to offer a brand and and what does that look like and you don't have to be you know the Emily Scarrett or the Natasha Hunt or do you know what I mean you don't have to necessarily be those you know real like big names in the league for um for a brand to be interested in working with you and and that around that personal brand space and commercial piece there's also rate cards and what does that look like as a female athlete I think that's something that still is yet to be really understood because there isn't enough of it um that said um obviously there are a few of us that are now working across the men's game and you know where does is equal pace it and you know lots of different things so I think yeah it's it's crucial because I wouldn't have been able to perform in the latter part of my career if I didn't have some of the sponsors to step in and help because it wasn't about me paying out for things. It was the fact that if I had to pay out for things, I had to do the work to then earn the money to pay for the things that I needed to find. So, you know, and the, and the classic thing for me was my boots. I wore very expensive boots because I had dodgy little feet and that I would sidestep my way through in the space of sometimes four games. And they're a hundred and something pounds a pair. Now I couldn't afford to keep paying for that amount of beat, but if I didn't have those boots, I couldn't perform at the level I want I needed to to be as good as I could. I actually had sponsorship to pay and sponsor my fees. So someone stepped in to do that. So it's not about necessarily, and this is where we're working at the moment, it's not about making lots of money, it's about also having to not find the money and have someone actually sponsor or work with players or whatever it might be on a specific thing so they know exactly this is where my money is going and this is the difference it's making and I think if the given there's some of the very experienced people that I've worked with just chatting to them um, around advisory board and stuff is actually that's kind of what brands want they want to know where's my money going what the difference is it making and you know can we kind of pat ourselves on the back because we know that we're doing something well and and, and actually that's that's an education piece for us around ourselves as the WRA um, but also with the players I note with interest that you said you had dodgy little feet but I would <laughs> argue that you still do um, we are going to make this a quick pod today and we're going to try and reconvene later in the week to have a bit of a European rugby chat um, so we won't discuss that quite yet but um, what are you up to for the rest of the day um, so I'm actually on my way to go and catch up with a uh, big red friend of the pod Mills. um yeah she is always on top form um when we message and so we were like right let's squeeze in a uh, a little catch up between finishing school so i've got to go over to chiswick it's where she she teaches over there between she's got an hour to give me um of her time uh and then before she heads off to, to Wasps for training, um, obviously for them, they don't actually have a game this weekend because they're playing in the big game at, um, at Twickenham, which is super, super exciting. Really exciting. Um, although given a few injuries and the fact that clearly Harlequins are in good form, given their performance at the weekend, um, yeah, it will be, I think Wasps are going to get stuck into them, but it's going to be a tough ask for, for Waspies. But hey, um, what a platform to be playing women's rugby and I and I think I'm right in saying it's going to be televised as well um I would imagine so I don't know I 
wouldn't want to be quoted on that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm off to see Beauty and the Beast this evening. Ah. Oh, um, this is for um, Sophie's pre. Yeah, Sophie's uh, pre-birthday, and then tomorrow is her actual birthday, and we're going out for lunch and cocktails. So there's nothing like milking a birthday when you've been on well. And um, she'll carry it on into the weekend as well. Just um, out of interest, how many days to Mexico? 28. I, I knew you'd know that. <laughs> 28 days. 28 days. Um, well, so yeah, I am officially nil by mouth now um, <laughs> in the run-up to the holiday. Are you going to ask me any more questions about WRA or can I take my CEO hat on? You can take, off. Your, you can take your chief <laughs> entertainment officer hat off now. <laughs> Look, I think from, from my perspective, I will say like I and, and myself and the and the team have just been blown away by the support and, and the reach that it's had and how positive people have said about this being part of the development and growth of the women's game. And, and I couldn't, and I, I couldn't agree more in terms of the placement of it. Um, I, all I would say is anyone that's listening to the pod and anyone that, you know, thinks, you know what, this is something that's really great, reach out because we never know when, you know, we're all um, open dialogue with as many people as possible because this has shown that people outside of the sport coming in, being passionate about, um, you know, female athletes or females in business and whatever the whatever the role, it's females employment. Um, you know, we've made a big change and a big step forward. And I think we want to be working with as many people as possible because fundamentally, the more people we can bring in, the more expertise the game will get to benefit from and the players will get to benefit from. But also the more we can spread the love of the of the female game, which then is only going to accelerate just how great the league will be and hopefully going to a World Cup where uh, there's some other English success. But we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. On that note, tryhards, we will catch you later in the week. Bye.